Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Josh Green is an archivist. He's a noted photographer himself. He is especially interested in preserving the legacy of his own dad, Milton Green, who was a photographer. And apparently he saved 300,000 photos. And not only that, but Josh grew up in Westport and was real pals with the Paul Newman family. And uh, I read an interesting article about it. I thought it'd be fun to chat with him. Josh Green, welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show today. Hi. Hi, how are you? Oh, good. This is a pretty good connection. We can do this. This is good. This is okay, good. good. Yeah, this is great. So, Josh, I understand you grew up in Westport, Connecticut. I moved here in 1989, but you were here well before that, right? Uh, born in 1954, and uh, <laughs> my folks moved to the city around 1964, about 10 years later. Grew up in New York. And always been a country boy at heart, and that's why I live in a small community in, on the central Oregon coast that has 10,000 people, and it's very charming. I have a surprise guest for you, by the way. Tell me. I have with me here my mother, Amy Green. Say hi, Mom. Oh, hi, hi Amy. Hi, Amy. Hello. Hi. Amy so you are you were you married to Milton? Is is that who we're talking about? Is... I, was, I was married to Milton for thirty two years. Yes. Yes, Aww. Amy was there from the beginning, all through his uh, most of his life, and of course knew the new, new Paul and Joanna as well as anybody. And so I thought she might add a little spice to our conversation for you. We Absolutely. Lived eight minutes away from me. We lived eight minutes away from each other on the water. What was the name of that little street? The uh, Aspatuck River. The Aspatuck mm. River. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And so tell me about it. How did how did your families become friendly with each other? Uh, Milton, my late husband, photographed them, and then it was love at first sight. We became very good friends. The first sitting was uh, Three Faces of Eve for Life magazine with Joanne. Right. That was an unbelievable movie. I had a chance to talk with Melissa Newman about that. That's my personal favorite of Joanne Woodward's movies. Uh, and I, and, 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 that, and it's, it's so stunning now. And, you know, it's sort of buried in the archives. They rarely play it on Turner Classic Movies, but they should because it, it is still riveting. Riveting. Yeah. Paul didn't direct that, did he? No, this no. Is, they were dating then. They weren't even married yet. That's how 
Paul met Joanne was at during that production, and they've started dating then. And uh, the one that I loved of Joanne, Paul did direct. It was Mr. and Mrs. Bridges. Yes. That's yes. even less known than Three Faces of Me, but it's yeah. also wonderful. It's also wonderful. So what were they like as couples when you would go to their house for breakfast or for dinner? What was the household like? Give me some reminiscences. Uh, very casual. There were kids everywhere, of course. And uh, Paul always greeted Milton with a martini. He loved to make martinis. He liked, he always... And to people as they came in the door. Uh, after this, twice, I said, can I see you a minute, please? Don't give Milton any more martinis. He <laughs> laughed, uh-huh. And he said, if that's your... I said, yes. Paul... More martinis. Paul took great pride in getting his guests drunk and being a bartender. That's right, he did. And then he would smile and laugh and carry on. Why do do you think that was? Why do you think he liked to get his guests drunk? Because he was, was... It was fun for him. It was a game. And he that beautiful face, when you do get a little tipsy, he would smile. Mm. He, he only drank beer. Does anybody know that? Yeah. Yeah, he was a major beer drinker. Yeah. He was a major beer drinker, as Josh just said. And uh, he had a deal. That's the word. It was mischief. Yeah. He liked to mix things up. Yeah. He, um, he liked St. Pauli Girl beer, and he made it, and the company approached him and gave him, like, an entire refrigerator, sep- a separate refrigerator just for the beer. Which he kept in the garage. Right. Stocked now, to the hilt. And he admitted many times later that he had, you know, excessive beer consumption, that it led to a problem for him. Did, In your knowledge and experience, did it ever seem as if he had an alcohol problem? No. Not during those years. That happened later. Yeah, that came later. It always comes later, honey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, I used to run into him very once in a while in Acorn's Pharmacy and other places, haagen around town. Oh, yes, 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 Acorn. Oh, nice. Well, yeah. yeah. He cool. was so handsome. He was so rivetingly handsome in real life. It would just stop traffic. He was breathtakingly beautiful, if you can say that about a man. Mm-hmm. And he absolutely resented it all his life. He wanted to be known as an actor, not as a pretty boy. Acting, acting, acting. And he was a very good actor. Marvelous actor. Marvelous actor. He would arrive on time. He would know his lines. He would hit his mark. And he was terrific. He was a pro. pro. We're talking with Amy Green and Josh Green. Yep. He was, he was, of course, a consummate pro. He was, wasn't he the actor's studio and everything? I mean, he was into acting as a well, craft. Well, 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 yeah, yeah. He was a member of the actor's studio. He believed in the method, and that was his, his discipline, yes. Mm-hmm. But he didn't like it. He, what didn't he like okay. about it, Amy? I don't know. I think the discipline, and to him, he went there to work and receive instruction and there was a lot of gossip and things going on i'm not to tell you you put 50 actors in a room and everybody has a story mm-hmm. you know that 
But outside of the gossip aspect, which he didn't care for, he obviously loved the method because that's if you look at the style of his acting, he would throw himself completely into the character and then stay in character. And uh, that was what the method teaches you. Have you read his book, the one that's out now? No, I have not. I spoke to his daughter, Melissa, but I have not had a chance to read his own book. Well, run out and buy it. It's wonderful. The Life of an Ordinary Man. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a very big fan of his wife's, too, of Joanne Woodward, particularly how she had an impact in the community on the Westport Country Playhouse. She was the leader of the Historical Society at one time. She really dug her feet in deep and made a difference in her own town. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, she was very, and she loved ballet. Nobody knows that. She was at the ballet, she was at the American Ballet Theater every chance she could at the set. And Paul went along with her. He was not crazy about ballet, but he was a good sport. Yeah. Yeah. Did they have a good marriage, in your opinion, looking at it from the outside? Not that anybody can know each other's marriages, but what do you think? To me, they were an ideal marriage because they laughed together. Mm. They would wake up laughing and they would go to sleep laughing. That's a healthy marriage. It's great. It's marvelous. They were magical people. They did. They were magical people. For no, sure. no, no. They were professionals. No magic at all. It was no. work. They no, made I the think, relationship work. I think they were magical. Yeah. For me, for me, they, you know, you can be a professional, but then there's that extra spark, that extra something or other, charisma, inspiration, whatever you want to call it that makes magic. That's how I viewed them, that's magical. What make, that's what makes you a star, that mm-hmm. extra added something. Yeah. yeah, they were never negative towards each other. They are always supportive of each other's endeavors. And also they had a huge family with a lot of kids. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of love flying around there. Yeah. And Joanne held the fort down and created the environment for them to all be safe and comfortable and away from, you know, back in those days, there, there were no paparazzis banging on your gate or disturbing you at your home. It wasn't quite, it wasn't like that. That all came later in the 80s and 90s with the craziness of the world. And of course, now it's out of control. So, Josh, did you go over there and did you hang out with the girls? Were any of them your social friends? Yeah, I hung out with the girls and um, and Scott, who died early in his life, unfortunately, but him and I were around the same age. He was very athletic. He was uh, he could do double somersaults on a trampoline. I only got to a single somersault on a trampoline because I was scared to death. Mm. 
But um, no, and and Paul, my dad, and I would uh, spend a lot of time fishing in the Long Island Sound out there, uh, off uh, Campo Beach and those areas. We catch when the blues were running. We were out there bright and early with a cooler full of uh, little neck clams and another cooler full of beer. Wow. Those are really and, wonderful uh, times. And, and he was away from everybody which he loved. Yeah. Nobody bothered him on Milton's boat. Right. You know, it's interesting. And, um, to, go ahead. Go ahead, Josh. Yep. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say it's interesting to me that uh, a man who cared very deeply about privacy and and his private life would become so personally friendly with a photographer. Did he ever feel like, did he ever feel, I don't know, that he didn't want to have his picture taken, for example? Like, what were the no, boundaries? No, no. What were the boundaries in their relationship? Milton, we, we went out practically every night to every party, and he never brought a camera. Mm. Also, Milton... Paul trusted Milton that all of a sudden he wasn't going to be photographed in the John or anywhere else. Mm-hmm. It was common trust. Yeah, Milton Milton's has that similar kind of relationship with most of his subjects. They they trusted him because he would never send a bad picture to the photo editor. He would edit the film, sometimes even with the subject. And so Cary Grant, Sammy Davis, Frank Sinatra... Judy Garland, Audrey Hepburn, um, Milton would always take pictures of the subjects, but he had the comfort to be intimate with the subject while shooting in such a way where the subject would relax. And because of his brilliant sense of timing, he would get pictures that were very pleasing and, and, um, and very much uh, capturing the person's personality or persona or elegant style, depending, male or female. And Milton was uh, that kind of guy who would never take advantage of a friendship. And the few candids that Milton shot of Paul, Joanne, and the kids were always done with their permission. It was never like hiding a camera under your jacket and taking something. That's not how he rolled it. It was done with fun and with full disclosure. And like in the book, you'll see pictures of, there's one picture of us on the boat where Paul's driving that I took, Mm. actually. And um, there's a great story where when Paul would work on location, he also, as you know, by based on The Hustler, he was a brilliant pool player. He loved mm-hmm. playing pool. Mm-hmm. And, and, so did and so did my dad, and we had a pool table at home, too. Anyway, so when Paul was on location doing a film in some little town somewhere, he'd go to the bar and to play pool, and his hustle was not for money, <laughs> but the deal was if you lose, you have to vote vote Democratic in the next election, whether it was local <laughs> or national, whatever was going on, that was the bet. Wow. Can you hear that's me? That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a good story. Yeah, yeah. I, I reference it in the book, but that, that's really, that's, that's his sense of humor. That's his, you know, that was his way of 
preferably making change in the world for the better. And if you really look at his career, I mean, the uh, fact that he started, he no started the camp for the kids. I mean, uh, it's, 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 it's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, in my lifetime, he's the first person who transformed his celebrity into doing good in a meaningful way. He, yeah. he really just, and in such a lasting way. I mean, when you think about Jerry Lewis, all those years he raised money for muscular dystrophy, God bless him. He really did raise a lot of money and bring to attention this terrible disease. But after he was done, he was sort of done. Look what Paul Newman has left. He's left this right. company, this company that just keeps churning out money year after year to these extraordinarily good causes. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I'm sure. and, and, and that's what it takes sometimes. He set it up. He made the money and put all the money into making sure that that trust and that organization kept running and that it was managed correctly. And Joanne follows suit. And uh, it was all done with one lawyer. It was not done with a board. There were no board members. Well, you have to have a board after you set up the trust. The lawyer put the deal together. But I'm talking when he first started in the the food business. Right. It was all done in in his uh, garage. The tables and chairs were there, and they sat down and they wrote a contract. No big deal. I I think I know the lawyer. Yeah. Go ahead. Sure, Amy Green. Go ahead. Yep. I have one final story. Whenever my station wagon was on the Ritz, and I had to leave it in the garage. That'd be a Ford Country Squire white with the paneling on the side. You betcha. <laughs> um, I would call Paul and say, I need a car, because he had five or six cars. Everybody in the family, not everybody, the kids were not ready yet, but there were at least five or six cars in the driveway. So he would always say, take the Beetle. <laughs> I don't like German cars. Let's be appropriate. But the Beetle, that's the car he gave me. I shut up and got in. And it was somehow that car knew that I was not thrilled being there. And it gave me a little bit of trouble. And it had a stick ship, which what I learned on one, so I was okay. Except he didn't tell me one thing, which we go back to his mischievousness. When he bought the Beetle... He put in a Porsche, a Porsche engine oh. to get away from fans. Actually, the story is, let me just add to that, is it's, that's not quite accurate. What he actually did was he bought a 911 Porsche, which has the same size chassis as the Volkswagen. And what he did is he had the Volkswagen body put on the Porsche 911 chassis. Wow. So that the mischievous was, and it was bright blue, sky blue. <laughs> wow. You know, not red, not green, not yellow, sky blue, like a chick's car. Mm. <clears throat> and he just loved the idea of being able to drive down the highway and go past the cop doing 95 to 100 miles an hour in a Volkswagen Beetle. Love it. And you can see the scene in a movie. The two cops are drinking coffee on the side of the road. The car goes by, and he said, did you see that? No, did you see that? Yeah, that was a Volkswagen. He was clocking 100. We're not going to catch him. So that was his little smirk, wink, and a smile to the police. To add to that, he loved when he would put a pull-up 
to the Connecticut toll booths. There were toll booths all over Connecticut, as well, you know. Yes. And he would hand them the, the quarter. It was then 25 cents. He would hand them the quarter. And when the toll booth guy looked at him with the sunglasses and all of a sudden he realized who he was, Paul hit that car and was out of there in about one instant. Mm. That's the kind of mentality. That also is mischievous. Mm-hmm. Most actors would say, yes, I'm Paul Lebeau. Thank you very much. Not Paul. No. Out not like Paul. a flash. Well, Amy Green and Josh Green, thank you very much for chatting with us and reminiscing a little bit about Paul Newman and about the photographs and the works of Milton Green, uh, because it sounds like Milton Green led the most extraordinary life as well, being in the company of these people and photographing them. And what we don't realize today, what so many young people can't fathom, is that you used to have to take a camera and wait for the film to come out <laughs> to see what it looked like. And, That's right. Right? And now it, and then we went to digital where you could sort of see it in the camera, but and now with the iPhone, you know, nobody even has any record of their photographs. They just keep it on their phone most of the time. It's been a transformational technology in the world of photography. May I say, may I say one more thing? Sure, Amy. Go yeah, ahead. Go. Milton Green lived with celebrities. They were the people that he photographed. And that's why they became his friends. So Milton was one of them, so they felt comfortable. Understood. And they knew that he wasn't about to hurt them in any way. Got it. Very the different word respect. World. Yes. Respect, yes. respect. Well, also the fact that he was fun to be around. He had a great sense of humor, so he fit in with people. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, he was a charming, good-looking man, very but elegant. He was drop-dead gorgeous. Right, Come but I, I'm his son. You're his wife. You have a different <laughs> point of view. But agreed. He's yeah. a, he was a he was a catch, okay. and um, but anyway, th- thank you for supporting the book project. What I do love about the book is that it's a collaborative effort of six photographers over Paul's life, so you really get a nice perspective of of uh, his his career and and the different projects he worked on, and it's uh, it, it's it's a it's a tribute to him. Uh, well, I want to thank you. Thing. I've I've got to run. I've got to run both of you, but I I really appreciate talking with you, and we'll definitely get the book, and uh, maybe we'll have a further conversation about Marilyn Monroe and the other celebs because it sounds like there's a tremendous amount of fun that we could have together chatting. I want to thank you, Amy Green and Josh Green, for being on the Lisa Wexler show today. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com.